1: Hey guys, it is Christmas season. Are you enjoying this time of year? I know I am right now. My head is really aching. We had the youth group over to my house last night and playing all kinds of games, and I was playing the games as well. You know, doing, I was acting like a cheerleader at one point, you know, and trying for them to figure out some game called Heads Up. And I like this time of year. The food is great, and although it may not have been that great, we didn't have cheese balls. No, I don't know what's wrong with my wife, but she didn't make one, so. Uh, um, we still have one more gathering to do, so hopefully <laughs> she'll have it there, so, okay. I don't know what would life would be like without a cheese ball at Christmas, so I'll have to find, maybe I'll find that out, okay. Uh, but, you know, it's that time of year, we enjoy the festivities, right? You enjoy fighting the crowds to find the right gift for your family right? Maybe you don't, but it's that time of year. And in the hustle and bustle of our Christmas season, the decorations, the food, the parties, all of this stuff, I'll just be flat out honest with you, we forget why we're celebrating. But the reason why we're celebrating is staring it right into our face. You can't turn the news on, without seeing why Jesus had to come. What do you mean, George? Because the news doesn't talk about Jesus very much. Maybe it'll talk about the Pope doing something, or they'll talk about festivities in Bethlehem. But what do you mean it's in the news? Well, folks, we're going to talk today about the reality of darkness around us. You and I exist in a dark world. And what I mean by darkness, I'm talking about spiritually dark, emotionally dark. And the reality is is that we live in such a world like that where that darkness encroaches in on our lives. And there's despair. Some of you have even felt the darkness in your life. Maybe you've gone through periods of depression and felt that darkness on you. But the reality is is that in the midst of the world of darkness that we live in, God sent us a light. A great light. And in the midst of that light, that light shines. The hope shines. And we have to decide what we're going to do with that light. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two different passages that talk about that light. One is a prophecy. A prophecy that was given about Oh, probably about 700 years before Jesus would come. But it was a prophecy about Jesus. And the other was a gospel where he talks about this Jesus in the first five verses of his gospel, John. And from that, we're going to see a couple of things. We're going to see the darkness that we live in. We're going to talk about what does that mean, the dark world that we live in. And then we're going to talk about the great light. What does that mean for us, this great light? What is the implication of that for us? And hopefully, while we're enjoying the season, we can really truly understand that it's more than just candles. It's more than just festivities, and and it's more than cheese balls. It's more than all of that stuff. It's more than the gifts. It's more than the ham on Christmas or turkey, whatever it is that you eat. It's actually hope in the midst of the darkness that we live in. So let's look first of all at Isaiah. We're going to look at one verse here first of all, verse two. Notice what the prophet writes. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Folks, we dwell in darkness. We dwell in the land in the shadow of death. If you're not aware of that, you are you're, you're I honestly are deceiving yourself concerning the reality of the world we live in. So I want us to see four things about the darkness, four things that you and I need to be aware of. Maybe we try not to, to think about it. Maybe it's because I'm getting older that I think about it. When you're younger, you don't think about it. You think about, oh, I've got all this stuff to do. I've got all these dreams I want to fulfill. But you talk to people who get older, and they realize the reality of the darkness, and the futility of trying to deal something with with it. But I want you to know the four things here. First of all, we live in a world marked by darkness. Do you realize that? We live in a world marked by darkness. All i got to do is turn on the news. What's happening in the news, George? Well, Ebola, although that seems to be waning right now. The economy, yeah, gas prices are down, but still pretty tough, isn't it? We've talked to folks in our area here, there's one factory laid folks off. I don't know why they pick Christmas season to do that, do you? Is there a rule book that says make life people's lives more miserable by not just taking away their job, but taking it away at Christmas? We look at the news and what do you see? Threats of terrorists, tragedy here and there, It seems chaotic. The world is marked by darkness. And it's not just what you see on the news. Have you noticed your own lives? The reality of the darkness around you, the dark things that happen in our families, we don't talk about them much, do we? But they're there. We live in a world that's marked by spiritual darkness. And for a lot of you, it's real. For some of you right now, things are going good, but you've been through those times of darkness, haven't you? And it's real. We live in a world that's marked by darkness. Here's a couple of things I want you to understand. It is darkened by evil. This is a hard concept for North Americans to grasp anymore. There was a time when he understood what evil was. What do you mean? Like, well, well, during that war generation of the Second World War, they understood what evil was. They saw evil as Hitler. They saw evil as as Stalin. They saw evil as Mao Zedong and the evil men who do evil things. But now as we get more and more enlightened and more and more postmodern in our thinking, we, we have a hard time grasping what evil is. Oh, yeah, there's a few evil people, but... For the most part, we're all good, but the reality is, folks, we live in a world that's marked by what? Evil. Man, don't you see the reality of that in the news? When you think about people from the West flocking to Syria and Iraq and the terrible, horrible things that they're doing to men and women and children, all in the name of their God, that's evil. When you think about people and the crimes that they commit, even in our own nation, the crimes that they commit against young people, against old people, that's evil. We live in a world that is marked by a darkness that is created around us by evil, evil men, evil hearts. And again, it's not just the news. How many of us have experienced evilness in our own families? Someone who's gone wrong, wrecking havoc in our lives. Or somebody who maybe isn't even from our family, wrecking havoc in our lives. We live in a world that is darkened by evil. It's not just, and here's the thing, the sad thing is, is we like to say, boy, I'm glad it's everybody else. Have you noticed that we get that attitude? Like, the world's darkened by everybody else. Have you noticed that? If it wasn't for all these bad people, things would be okay. Well, the second aspect of darkness is the third, the third thing I want you to see is it's darkened by our own sin. You and I create the darkness sometimes in our lives. By the things that we do that are wrong, by the attitudes that we hold, by, by, by the nitpicky junk that we get upset about and, and we wreck havoc in other people's lives in our lives. We, we create the chaos in our lives, don't we? We don't like to admit that. We want it to be somebody else's fault. Well, it was my daddy's fault. It was my coach's fault. It's my scoutmaster's fault. It was my pastor's fault. But the reality is, is we create the havoc in our lives. You know, it, it was, it's, it's unfair, the system. It's unfair of this. And, and if I had somebody doing this for me, it would be better. No, no, we create havoc in our lives. I was just talking to somebody this week. Somebody I knew 20 years ago, and he's still struggling, still struggling in the same area. Can't get out of a financial hole that he created himself, and can't get out of a bad name. And here it is 20 years later, and he doesn't know what to do. He lives in a dark world, and he created it for himself. We live in a dark world, don't we? It's all around us. say, George, this is getting too heavy. This is Christmas. But you need to truly understand Christmas. You really need to understand the heaviness of the world we live in. Because, again, what does the text say? The people who walk in darkness, who dwell in the land of the shadow of death. That's where we're at. So there's one more point I need to bring out to you that's really going to express the hopelessness of our situation. That's really going to put it all in perspective concerning the darkness that we live in. What's that, George? Well, here's the fourth point. We are futile in our attempts to change it. We're futile. You know, when you're young... You're an optimist. You believe you can change the world because you have the power. In fact, we tell our young people that, don't we? College-age people. What are you going to do in life? What are you going to accomplish? What are you going to change? Isn't that the message we tell our young people? Well, you know, I'm 48 years old. I grew up, was born in the mid-60s and grew up in that area where, where as a nation we tried to fight against poverty. Remember that? Johnson, Lyndon Johnson and his Great plan to to end poverty in America. How are we doing? Got a lot more programs. Got a lot more poor people too, don't we? And one party stands up and another party stands up. And then one party says do this and another party says do that. And we're kind of with our heads spinning. What do we do? Because nothing's getting better, is it? And we defeat one enemy in war and another one rises up. We take care of one evil, but we don't completely stamp it out, do we? We sow the seeds of another evil. We deal with one darkness in our lives only to see another one emerge. We go through one dark period in our families only to see ourselves Launched into another one. And the reality is is that no matter what we try to do to make it better. Have you noticed that? We always try to make it better. We always try to ease it. We just can't do it. Our efforts are futile. And that's the struggle that we live in, folks. We we really need to grasp the reality that we we can't change our world. We lack the ability to do it, even, even if someone were to say, yes, I know the way. We sometimes have to question their motives with what they say, right? What do you mean, George? Well, just look at history. There was a nation in Europe that Gave rise to one of the most evil men of our times, Adolf Hitler. Do you understand how Adolf Hitler came to power? He came to power promising change to an economically depressed nation. He promised them wealth and prosperity. He laid all the blame on one group of people, the Jews. And he got elected because he promised everybody a chicken in their pot. But the reality was it only spawned more what? Evil, more darkness. So we've got to be careful, don't we? This is the darkness that we dwell in, is it not? This is the shadow of death that we live in. And as you look at it on a whole, as you get older, have you noticed why when you go to the nursing home they don't have the news on? Because the older you get, the more you can't take it. But there's a light. Look at what it says there, verse 2. I think it's amazing. He says this, To the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Go down just a few verses from there. Then here's the promise. The prophecy that was given, that was fulfilled this time of year, 2,000 years ago. Verse 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there is no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, in order to establish it with justice, judgment and justice, from from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Turn over now. Look at what the Apostle John says about this child from a different perspective. Chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning, He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the light, and the life was the light of the man, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. Folks, why we celebrate? Why we have a great time of year? Why we give gifts? I mean, Think about it. Why do you give gifts? Because the greatest gift was given to us, Jesus. And so we give each other gifts. And man, I love gifts. Why do we do all this? Why do we have these fun times? Because we're celebrating the light. What is it about the light? You know, in the midst of all that darkness and the gloom of that, there's hope. There's, there's a light. And it's what we decide to do with that. Here's what I want you to see about it. It was the promise of something better. Isaiah 9, for unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Peace. Think about all those wonderful names. A child is promised to us that is beyond our imagination. All of those things that describe him describe someone who can bring light to our darkness, right? Someone who can handle the gloom that we live in. It's a promise of something better. We celebrate Christmas not for the festivities, not for the mistletoe to see how many kisses we can get. Not for, for the ham and seeing how stuffed we can get and lay on the couch later and go to sleep. It's not any of that stuff. It's because there was a light in our darkness. There was a hope. Because we couldn't handle it ourselves. We couldn't do anything about it ourselves. There was a promise of something better. And folks, it's not just a promise of something better to come. It's already been fulfilled in who? Jesus. It's a promise of something better. Here's the other thing. The promise was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It's not a program. It's not a blank check. It's not a prison sentence for an evil dude. It's not anything that we could come up with, no strategy. It's a person. The promise was a person. The promise was one who would come away, come in the midst of our darkness, and forgive us our sins. You know, sometimes we create the darkness because of our own stuff, right? And some of you here live in that darkness because you live in the darkness of the shame of the things you did wrong. He comes to take that away. Isn't that awesome? He comes to take away your stuff. You may remember it, but, I mean, the wonderful thing is the scripture records over and over that it's gone. He doesn't remember it. He strips us of that. It's Jesus. The promise is Jesus. Reconciliation with Him. Love forgiveness in the midst of our darkness. Hope. Hope not just now, but hope eternal. Forever. But here's the sad thing. One more thing we see about the great light is that sadly the light was rejected by those who live in darkness. We still see that today, don't we? I mean the reality is, let's be honest, I mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. All it takes is just living life a little bit and you realize that it just seems to be an endless cycle of darkness in our world. We can't seem to overcome it and it's so futile. But there comes this light who promises us light in the midst of our darkness and our gloom. Who gave his life for us so that we might have forgiveness, eternal life. That we might be with him forever. And still, what does John say? Verse 5, chapter 1. And the darkness does not comprehend it. They don't understand. They don't want it. They reject it. And you see that all around you. People who Yeah, this is a great time for festivities, yay, Santa Claus. But the reality of Jesus that's just a fable. That's just a myth. It's all about sales. But hope? Sadly, the light is rejected by those who live in darkness. That's going to be reality, folks, until he comes. That's going to be reality until he comes. So the question is, here's the question for you as we try to wrestle with this. Actually, I have two questions for you. I want you to think about this. Do you sense the darkness of this world? How how real is the darkness in your world? I mean, honestly, think about that for a moment. How, how real is it? I mean, are, are you living in a fantasy world where everything's going wonderful and great? I mean, that's fantasy because the reality is, is man, just wait for next week. Something's going to go wrong. Darkness enters into our world when we don't want it. We didn't ask for it. I mean, you guys know my story. It's 20 years old. Living life, going to college, working at Burger King. That's why I don't eat there. And a phone call comes and my boss tells me to go home. I gotta go home. And I drive across the county and Walk into my mom's dad's house, and my mom's there crying, and she says, your daddy is dead. Somebody killed him. The darkness encroaches our lives, doesn't it? We didn't ask for that. I didn't wake up that morning and say, oh, this is the day. For some of you, it's walking into the doctor's office, and the routine test reveals something you didn't want to hear. Or the normal day happens and you hear somebody else's darkness is encroached through a car accident. Or a pink slip. Do you sense the darkness of the world? Do you sense the darkness that's around us caused by evil? Do you sense the darkness that you've created in your own lives? We've created darkness, haven't we? Through our mistakes, through our sins. And some of us are like, man, will it ever, will there ever be any relief? Will we ever not get through these consequences? So do you sense, think about that, more than just right now, think about that, ponder that. Ponder that this Christmas season. Say, man, George, you are laying a heavy bomb on me this Christmas. Well, here's the next question, maybe that will lighten it up a little bit. Have you received the light? You see, in order to understand the light, in order to understand what Jesus offers you, you have to see your need. You have to realize the world in which you live in, and you have to realize the hopelessness of your situation. Do you understand? And the reality that no matter what you try to do and the attempts that you make are futile. So in order to get to the place of asking yourself the question, have I received the light, you have to wrestle with, do you sense the darkness in your life and the world around you and your need for a light to shine in the midst of your darkness? Have you received him? Have you gone to him and said to him, Jesus, I know who you are. You're the Son of God. I know why you came to shine your light of love and forgiveness and acceptance in the midst of my darkness. Jesus, you died for me. You rose again. And I accept that. I accept that light. I accept who you are into my life. Have you received the light? Have you received it? That, that's that's the question we need to ponder. See, look at George. So as I'm wrestling with these two questions, what do I need to do? Well, here's our action point. Here's what you need to do this week, especially in those quiet times. Now, don't do this when you're gathering around and you have a punch or eggnog with your family or when you're bloated from, from all the potatoes and gravy and, and, and the candy and, and all that stuff. Here's what you need to do. You need to ask the Spirit when you're alone. Ask the Spirit to help you to reach out to the light. To comprehend the light. To reach out to the light, Jesus Christ. Ask the Spirit to help you. That's what we need to do. Reach out. Some of you here... You're here this morning, and yeah, it's been great singing these songs, and yeah, it's been great seeing friends and, and being here with family, And, and but the reality is, is you're in darkness. It's heavy upon you. Reach out. Reach out to Jesus. He will meet you where you're at. When you say, George, I, he, you don't know what I've done. I don't really care what you've done. That's not a prerequisite to him reaching out to you, is what you've done. He reaches out to you in the midst of you. Reach out to him. Reach out to the light. Embrace the light in the midst of your darkness. That's what Christmas is about. That's why we celebrate.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. This coming week.